The thing about God is that God doesn't really take any of our expectations into account. Not because God is a contrarian and hears what we're expecting and decides to do the opposite just to prove a point. No, it's not about God. God is always doing what God expects. God is always doing is always consistent in God's action. If not, it's just simply not what we expect. It's simply not how we understand it. We don't learn when our expectations are left hanging again and again and again. Hello and welcome to Ensure Uncertain Hope, a podcast about Jesus, faith, the Episcopal Church, and other things. I'm Father Jed, your host. I'm the rector of the Church of the Redeemer in Kenmore, Washington, and I'm glad you're listening. This is a continuation of a special series of meditations for the first three days in Holy Week. This is a meditation for Tuesday in Holy Week, April 7th, 2020. A reading from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 12, beginning at the 20th verse. Among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever loves me must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus said to them, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you are going. While you have the light, believe in the light, 
so that you may become children of light. After Jesus had said this, he departed and hid from them. Today's reading is all about expectation. There are expectations abounding. Obviously, the Greeks have some expectation. They, they come and tell Philip they want to see Jesus, and they expect that Jesus is going to be happy to receive them, or at least that he's going to listen to them a bit. Philip and Andrew also have expectations. They expect Jesus to do something, to say something, to act in a certain way. When he hears that these God-fearers, these Greek speakers who are interested in Yahweh God are asking for them, they expect Jesus to do something about it. The crowd also obviously has expectations. They say to Jesus, we have heard that Messiah remains forever. Obviously, they have an idea about what being the Messiah means, an expectation of how the Son of Man, the Messiah, ought to act. And we, if, when we're honest with ourselves, we also have expectations, expectations about who Jesus is, the way Jesus works, and how this all fits into God's plan. The thing about God is that God doesn't really take any of our expectations into account. Jesus does not seem, at least from this gospel reading, to have met with the Greeks. He does not seem to react in the way that Philip and Andrew are reacting, and he certainly does not tell the crowd what they're expecting to hear. And so often, we are left holding our own expectations, having them not met. The hour, Jesus says instead, has come. Now, this is a theme throughout John's gospel, the hour. What does Jesus say when his mother tells him that there is no wine at the wedding at Cana during Jesus' first miracle? He tells them, what has that to do with me? My hour has not yet come. But now, having heard the Greeks are here, Jesus knows that time is short. The hour is at hand. And when God's time actually happens, it almost always happens with a shattering of our expectations. Not because God is a contrarian and here's what we're expecting and decides to do the opposite just to prove a point. No, it's not about God. God is always doing what God expects. God is always doing is always consistent in God's action. If not, it's just simply not what we expect. It's simply not how we understand it. We don't learn when our expectations are left hanging again and again and again to expect something different, to expect something other than what we ourselves would do. We expect God and Jesus to act like us. And when they don't, it's often hard for us. 
so Jesus knows, having heard the Greeks, that the nations whom these people represent are looking for him, that it is time for the main event. And so like anyone who's preparing for a main event, Jesus goes into the messianic green room. The last line of today's reading, Jesus goes and hides from them. This is Jesus going away in order to prepare. Remember, back in the Dark Ages when I was in high school, I was in an Irish dance troupe, and we would have to go and prepare when we were doing things, particularly around St. Patrick's Day, when we had lots of performances and things like that. We'd always have a room where we could go and get ready and sort of shut out the world before we were supposed to perform. And my younger brother, who was not among the performers oftentimes, wouldn't understand why he couldn't go and play in that room, why he couldn't be with us in that room. And I would have to explain to him every time that, well, this room is not for playing, it's not for chatting, it's not for talking, it's for us to get ready. And this is why Jesus goes and hides. It seems like a strange thing. You know, we have this expectation that Jesus is walking with us. We have the you know, footprints in the sand and all of that, that Jesus is always going to be with us. But even Jesus has made a habit in the Gospels of needing to go and take time to himself to rest and refresh and recharge and prepare himself for what he's about to do. And so this is what he does. He goes and prepares for one last time to break all convention, to shatter our expectations, the things that we think that Jesus is going to do by glorifying him, by allowing God to glorify him, by putting him on a cross, by allowing God to glorify him, by crucifying him. We have almost a little Gethsemane in Jesus' words to the crowd. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it's for this hour have I come, Jesus says, to break all of these expectations, to be glorified, not in the way that we think Jesus should be glorified, not in the way that we might expect Jesus would be glorified, but in the way that allows Jesus to be lifted up so we can see what God's glory, what God's love really looks like, so that the Greeks and the temple authorities and the disciples and anyone who is willing to look can see what God does, how God loves, no matter what we expect. Thank you for listening to this meditation for the Tuesday in Holy Week. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow for the final of our Holy Week meditations for Holy Wednesday. Take care and God's blessing and love 
be with you this day and always.